and welcome to another episode of Seeking First. I am Shana Harvey from Insight Total Stewardship, and we have a special uh, guest with us today, one Miss Kara Pilkington, who uh, is here live in our studio, also known as my office. Um, but she is going to be kicking off our series on Money on Purpose, Finding a Faith-Filled Balance. And we're doing the series to talk about financial personalities. And all of us have a primary or oh, and secondary financial personality. And because of that, we engage money in different ways. And none of them are good or bad. They just are. And it's important to know what your financial personality is because it helps you understand why you do some of the things you do with money. And then also helps you to avoid some of the pitfalls of that particular personality and helps you not be so hard on yourself. You got to sometimes give yourself some grace um, in knowing who you are and how you're wired and just managing yourself within that. So in my book, Money on Purpose, um, I do discuss financial personality and the purposes of money. Um, but for this series, I am actually using the assessment of another couple who created a very good assessment. Um, it's the money couple. And that is Scott and Bethany Palmer. Um, they're out of Denver, Colorado, I believe. And um, I've worked with them to co-brand a financial uh, personality assessment to help with my clients and help them make better financial decisions in light of their personality and also to help me give them better advice when it comes to managing their money. Um, so Scott and Bethany Palmer's um, assessment has been a great help and they list five financial personalities. And today we are here to talk about the first one, which is security seeker. Um, which is what Kara has come out to be. So I'm gonna introduce. <laughs> I'm gonna introduce Kara. Uh, tell you a little bit about her. She is originally from Ohio. What part of Ohio again? Small town Ohio. Small Logan, town Logan, Ohio, Hocking Hills. Logan, Ohio. Yeah, you probably didn't hear of it either. But <laughs> small town Ohio. <laughs> I have actually been to a uh, small town in Ohio for her wedding where last year she got married. Yep. Yep. Uh, she Circleville. Yep. Circleville, Ohio, which um, I didn't know a whole lot of, about, but I did watch an episode of Drunk <laughs> History because um, that is a guilty pleasure of mine. But Drunk History did an episode on uh, Circleville, Ohio mystery. And I was like, oh my gosh, Kara, I just heard something about Circleville, Ohio. And now i will forever remember remember that it was some kind of crazy mystery um about murders that never actually got solved and it's uh, apparently something i didn't get to to explore while i was there but um it does it did put circle you, you were there on much happier circumstances i was i was there for her wedding and Kara and I actually go to church together at Spirit and Truth Fellowship she is also my assistant so if you go on our website you will see her picture uh, on our website. She's 28 years old. As I mar uh, mentioned, she uh, is recently married. She got married a year ago, almost exactly a year ago. Yep. A year um, and a couple weeks, I think. Yeah. So Memorial Day weekend 2018 uh, was a hot day in a barn 
where what was it 90 degrees it felt like 120 <laughs> <laughs> oh and there are pictures of us still dancing and having a good time in the midst of that heat um and it was a fun wedding so uh, a whole bunch of us from the church traveled out there to circleville uh, to see her and Alex get married. Uh, Alex is actually going to be a doctor, a podiatrist to be uh, specific. Um, and she is into fitness, uh, particularly into running mm-hmm. as one of her hobbies. Um, you went to, what was the name of your school? Uh, Mount Vernon Nazarene University, Mount Vernon, Ohio. Mount Vernon, Ohio. Still in Ohio. <laughs> and <laughs> so then... many small towns in Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kara, how did you get to the big city, considering you're from small town Ohio? What brought you to Philadelphia? So, I actually moved to Philly for grad school. Um, I I did my undergrad. I double majored in Spanish and business. And then I graduated and I was like, what do I do with my life? <laughs> um, so I took a year um, living at home, uh, working at a restaurant, trying to figure it out. I decided to move to Philly for grad school. Um, mm-hmm. And I did a year of that and decided the program that I was doing was not what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had a job um, here at Esperanza Health Center. So when I quit school, I stayed working there and I fell in love with the city and the people here. Um, my community, my church. So um, I'm still here, still in Philly. (laughs) (laughs) Here by uh, divine intervention. Yes. uh, And stuck around and happened to meet her husband here. So look at that. Yes. Didn't even know. Didn't expect that. (laughs) But I'm so glad that I did. (laughs) Uh, Amazing what happens when you follow the Lord. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, But yeah, so she's still here and now she's uh, working here at Insight Total Stewardship, helping me get my life together in various ways, including with social media, which I suck at. Um, But (laughs) she's agreed to uh, record with us today because uh, she has a financial personality that I think would be uh, good to talk about because a lot of people... um, have these different personalities. It's important to know how they work and um, where God might be meeting you in these personalities to help draw you closer to him and also to help you be a good witness here on the earth. Um, So let's talk a little bit about security seekers. Uh, And that is her primary personality. Now, everybody, when you take the, the assessment and again, go to my website, www.getinsightts.com and take the assessment from for yourself to see where you fall. Um, but you'll f- find that there's a primary and a secondary personality. Today, we're going to mainly just talk about her primary, but her primary is a uh, security seeker and her secondary was a saver. Um, and we have an episode dedicated to a saver uh, coming up, but Uh, We'll talk about security seekers, and security seekers like to know that their money matters are settled and safe. They're all about low-risk investments, quality purchases, hefty insurance, and secure retirement funds. When it comes to money, the security seekers' motto is better safe than sorry. So here's how you know if you're a security seeker. You You might be a security seeker if you are an investigator. So a security seeker wouldn't just invest in a piece of property. They have to totally investigate the pro- the property itself. They'll look into all the rules and regulations. They're going to look into uh, the perspectives from the developers. They're going to explore every angle 
of what it takes to make this investment. So if you are the type of person that investigates everything, you're probably a security seeker because you don't want to make a whole heck of a lot of mistakes. Um, they're trustworthy. Security seekers rarely put their futures on the line. That means they aren't likely to gamble away their retirement or tap into the college fund to join a multi-level marketing company. So they're probably not the ones that are going to take big risks out there. They're willing to sacrifice. A security seeker would rather do without today than to do without tomorrow. They won't spend money until they know they put away the savings that they've set up to make sure the future is taken care of. And security seekers are also prepared for anything. Security seekers are never caught without a plan. The security seeker rarely ends up in a financial crisis, which means that the rest of the family can rest a little bit easier. So the security seeker is the one who makes sure that the, the whole family is okay. So Kara, would you say that this accurately describes you? I would say it pretty much describes me to a T. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think I'm definitely looking for security a lot with the finances. Um, I I tend to do for with with Alex and I I tend to do most of the like day to day financial things, um, and that's probably because I like to know what's going on. It makes me feel better when I know <laughs> that everything is set in stone and all the bills are paid. Mm. Um, so yeah, I I think that's a pretty accurate description of how <laughs> of how I make decisions and um, especially the part about you won't make a purchase unless you know that you have the finances for it. I mm. never. Um, I never buy anything unless I've planned to buy it. Mm. Um, I'm always like, I really don't do impulse buys, not anything more than 10 or $15 because <laughs> I want to know like for sure that I'll be okay if I buy that thing. Yeah. yeah. So what, um, what is an impulse buy that you can remember making and how did you feel when you made it? I have. N I don't think I ever make impulse buys for things more <laughs> than like ten or fifteen dollars. Anything that I do that's impulse um, is uh, not very expensive. So it might be something that I just pick up in the checkout lane at the at the store. Um, and even like, okay, so everybody loves Target. You know, you go into Target and mm -hmm. you think you're going to buy one thing and then you come out with a lot of and money. And buy like $80 worth of stuff. <laughs> I do do that. But when I do that, it's mostly, it would probably be clothes or something for the house. But I like knowing that I have a receipt. So for me, it's not like, <laughs> like I couldn't do that if it was a final purchase, but I know that I can go home and think about it. And is it really worth that money? Um, and so I, I will often go and buy something that I think looks so adorable on the rack. I'm like, oh, I can do this because I know I have the receipt. And so my security then is in the receipt, knowing that it's not really a financial commitment because um, I can take that dress back later if I decide it's not really worth the money. Now, how often do you take stuff back? Pretty frequently. Really? <laughs> if, I, if I don't, okay, so recently I went, I found this dress. I really liked it, but then I took it home and I was like, you know, I just, I don't know if this, if it's really worth the money, how often am I going to wear it? And I went back and forth and, and I took it back. Yeah. Like the next day. <laughs> wow. But it was easy for me to make that purchase in the store because I had the security of knowing that if I didn't want to keep it, mm -hmm. I could return it. So with no hassle. <laughs> there were, so you spent the money, but you had the receipt. Yes. So now let's let's transfer that to 
major purchases? Like how long does it take you to make a decision on like major financial things? Like how long did it take you to decide to move to Philadelphia? So that was pretty major. Yeah. Um, that took me a long time to make that decision. And um, I went back and forth for a while. I think that decision was in a way easier to make um, because I felt like I was doing something productive. I felt like mm-hmm. I was going to school. I felt like like it was an investment. Um, and I didn't. That, that was the first – that was also the first time I was – living outside of my parents' home besides a oh, college dorm. Right. And so I think that I just didn't really understand how much everything would cost. <laughs> and, and things are more expensive here, too, in the city than small-town Ohio. And I uh-huh. remember the first time I went to the store and I saw how expensive milk was. I was like, dang, that's a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, I remember you told me about the movie theater. Um, yes. Uh, so <laughs> Nelsonville, Ohio, which is right next to Logan, Ohio. Movies are four dollars. What? Any time of day, brand new movies. <laughs> no matter your age, no matter if it was just released, four dollars. Wow. A dollar soda, dollar popcorn. What? That's unheard of. If I go to the movies by myself, <laughs> I'm gonna spend. If I get snacks um, and don't sneak them into the movie, shh, don't tell anybody. But if I buy stuff there, I I usually get the kids meal. Um, when I'm at the movie, because it's like $7, you get popcorn, fruit snacks, and a soda together. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that's 20 bucks easily mm-hmm. um, with a $13 movie ticket and $7 soda. So you're talking about for $6, I can get a movie ticket, popcorn, and a soda. Yes. Simply by living in small town Ohio. Yes. And there's an arcade. <laughs> oh. It's called the Fun Barn. <laughs> <laughs> the Fun Barn. Yeah. So that, that would be a little bit of a sticker shock. Yeah. Yeah. To come to, uh, so I think city. like coming here, there was a lot of just a lot of things I didn't know about mm. what it was like to live in the city. And I did my research ahead of time. I tried to find a place that was affordable. But even the decision to come here... It, it felt like a risk, but I also viewed it as temporary because I thought I would come for school and then move back. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had myself set up pretty well from that year after college where I worked and I saved all of my money that year. I didn't have any bills because I lived at home with my parents mm-hmm. and um, they paid for everything in terms of like rent and food and um, I wasn't spending that much on gas. The job that I had, um, it was at a restaurant, so I was working weekends and evenings, so I didn't have much of a social life, so I wasn't spending very much money <laughs> that year. <laughs> right. Because um, when I was working was when everyone else was hanging out. Right. And when I was off work, everyone else was at work. Um, so I saved, I had a lot of security in the savings account that I came to Philly with. So I think that helped me feel safe in making that decision to come here. So it wasn't like I'm moving to the new city with $0 in my bank account. Right. I, that w- I would have never taken a risk like that. <laughs> I'm a security seeker. There's no security in that. I can't right. do that. <laughs> right. Um, well, yeah, it sounds like your secondary personality of also being a saver. Yes. Um, provided you that extra security. Um, to make a big decision 
like moving. So it, in terms of how your financial personality plays out in in major decisions, mm-hmm. looks like you have multiple levels of security. So like in your small purchases, mm-hmm. your security <laughs> is in the receipt. <laughs> in your big uh, financial decisions, your security is in your savings. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. (laughs) Oh, great. Well, that, were you always like that? Um, How were you as a kid? So I called my mom because I couldn't remember um, a lot about how I was. I was trying to ask my mom, why am I the way that I am? Um, And so I called my mom and I was like, mom, did we have um, allowances when we were kids? I couldn't really remember that well. Um, and for the most part, we didn't have a regular allowance. It, it, um, you know, they would help us pay for things that we wanted. And like, if I wanted to go to the movies and it cost, you know, $4, yeah, (laughs) my mom would give me $8 and then I would spend four on the movie theater and I would just save the rest. And I, I don't know where I got that from. Mm. Um, it doesn't sound like it was something that was formally taught to me. I think that's just part of my personality. That's just the way that I am. (laughs) I don't get it from my mom. She's a spender. Mm. Um, My dad is a penny pincher. Those are my mom's words. (laughs) Hi mom. Hi dad. (laughs) Yes. I hope they hear this. (laughs) Wait, so penny pincher dad. Yes. Spender mom. Yes. Uh, How? And you're the oldest of three, right? Yes. I am the oldest. And so how are your siblings with money that um, you know the, of? The middle one, I think, is more of a spender. The youngest one is probably a saver as well. Okay. So oldest or the, the middle spends, the youngest mm-hmm. save. Yeah. Uh, and then you're the security seeker. Yeah. Because so, you got to take care of everybody else. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Older sisters got to make sure that everybody else is taken care of. It's cool. So what do you see as the positive attributes of being a security seeker? I think the positive thing is that you're as a security seeker, you're you how do I say this? You have a lot of comfort knowing that you're gonna be okay. Um that if like the car breaks down, well, you know that you saved up money for something like mm-hmm. that. Um, so you're not necessarily worrying about things like that happening. Um, I think that I very rarely have ever felt buyer's remorse mm-hmm. um, because any purchase that I'm making, I'm doing a lot of research for that, um, trying to find the best product, trying to find the best deal. I love to find, <laughs> um, I'm not a couponer. I have friends who are couponers and they go to the grocery store and get like $400 worth of stuff and pay $5. Yeah. I think that's I, a little bit too insane for me. I've not been able to kind um, of get into that, but I admire people who do. Yes. Yes. Um, but I do try to find a coupon or try to find the best deal. Wait, I can, the good thing about being a security seeker is that you're never in a hurry to buy something. So I can wait for it to go on sale. (laughs) I don't like to pay full price for things if I can avoid it. Um, yeah. So you, you have a lot of patience Yes. can use that to your advantage because then you never pay what other people pay. Right. (laughs) And you tend to... So I got my first job was when I was in high school. 
Um, I started working at a grocery store. And I think, again, this is just something of my personality. I don't remember anybody ever teaching me to do this. Uh, But when I would spend money after having worked for it, and I would look at a shirt, and let's say the shirt was $14, and I made $7 or something an hour at the grocery store, I would look at the shirt and I would say, hmm, is that shirt worth two hours of work? (laughs) And that's how I made, after I had that first job, when I was in the, when I was working uh, cashier or bagging at the grocery store, I would look at things that I wanted to buy for fun and think of it in terms of hours worked. Mm. I don't know if that's necessarily a positive thing (laughs) or a negative thing, but it's definitely a characteristic of my money personality type. So you were equating uh, work, and money, basically. So yes. like money equals a certain number of hours of work. So now you can say, well, did I really just work five hours just to get this one thing? Right. Um, and yeah, that does, you know, put things in perspective because it's not just the dollars. It's, right. It's your time. Yes. That you're also valuing. And depending on what type of day you had at work, it might be, <laughs> like if you had a great day, yeah, that shirt's worth two hours of work. Mm. You had an awful day at work, it might not be worth it. Yeah. <laughs> so you have a lot of uh, calculating and consideration and thought and intention behind all of your purchases. Yes. And, and sometimes it's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> to myself. To yourself. Well, what what do you see as the detriments? So you know that it can be annoying to you, uh, but what are the detriments from what you can probably tell? Yeah, I feel like sometimes it holds me back um, from doing things that I want to do because Mm. um, it's it's hard to, to make a choice or a financial purchase, if I'm not 100% sure that I'm going to like what I buy or that investment um, is going to pay off for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think of that like the last couple of years I've been really thinking about, praying about going back to school. And I think sometimes being a security seeker has held me back from that because I really want to for sure know that if I go back to school, that whatever I'm doing in the end is going to be worth the money. Mm -hmm. Um, And that means being able to pay back the loan that I would have to take out. Um, And also being worth the time that I put into studying. Um, So I think, I think that's held me back from things like that or like a training that I want to do or something investing in myself. Uh, not knowing 110% for sure <laughs> that it's going to pay off makes me more scared to take that leap of faith, mm-hmm. even though it might be something that, um, you know, I feel like God is calling me to make that choice. But maybe there's some things that I put off for longer because I I don't have that. Like, I can't look at my bank account or my my time and say, yes, for sure, that this is the right route and there's no risk involved. And so um, that's where it's it's hard to um, maybe put all of your faith in God and what he's calling you to do in his plan if you're so used to putting your faith and your security in your financial well-being mm-hmm. or the certainty of I will have a job if I do this or 
I'm not going to go broke if I do this. Right. Um, yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> makes plenty of sense. And I think uh, you you put it eloquently that it's really hard to put faith in God if you're putting your faith in money mm-hmm. um, and how stable you think money can make you because money can also fail you mm-hmm. um, in a lot of ways and in ways that God can't. So um, I think that is part of where, where our personalities start to um, become a hindrance to our faith and where we need to be aware of mm-hmm. that when it comes to spirituality, because it's, while it's a, a, we're all created this way, there's also, I believe that God meets us in wherever we are. Mm-hmm. And it's not to condemn us for being this way, but it's also to point out, hey, this is where you need me even more. Right. This is where God's grace comes into play, um, where while the world may applaud you mm-hmm. for your diligence and for your uh, practicality when it comes to money, God may look at the very same thing and say, yes, but you're not trusting me. Right. So what appears to be wisdom to the world um, may be foolery when it comes to God. Right. And vice versa. Yeah. So you may end up doing something that God is really calling you to do that looks foolish. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) To the world financially. (laughs) But it is spiritually wise. Mm -hmm. Do you have any examples in your life of when that happened? that it things looked financially foolish or not as practical? Um, yeah, I think the the first thing you didn't tell me you were gonna ask this beforehand, so I just thought of this. <laughs> I'm being you put me on the spot. <laughs> Don't be spontaneous with a security seeker. I wanted all the questions beforehand. <laughs> And I'm throwing your curveball. <laughs> um, I think the example that comes to mind now being put on the spot. Um, so this time last year, I was working full time um, and I was I was a supervisor of a call center uh, at a health center here in Philly. And I loved the place that I worked at. I loved the people that I worked for, um, but I really felt like. God was calling me to do something different. Um, And I felt like because I was um, doing something that was a good thing to do, and I like the people that I work with, but I wasn't really super passionate about the day-to-day tasks that I was doing, Mm -hmm. um, I felt kind of burnt out. And I didn't feel like I had the energy to be um, thinking about what else could I be being called to do. Um, I felt like I needed time and space to figure that out. I was also getting married. Um, And so I felt like God was calling me to quit my job (laughs) Uh, without having something else for sure lined up. And so um, I know a lot of people looked at that and were like, what? You can't quit your job. You just got married and your husband's a full-time student. Um, So I was kind of, in a sense, needing to have some sort of a job. Um, And so I feel like that was a situation where it didn't really make sense to a lot of people that it didn't, it definitely didn't make financial sense um, Mm -hmm. to do something like that at that stage of life. But it was, I I remember I took a retreat uh, by myself that day and I was like, God, you have to lead me in this because (laughs) everybody else thinks I'm crazy. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I took some time off of work and 
uh, I am a security seeker. So I did have a plan in terms of what I was going to do for um, making sure the rent was paid for a couple of months. <laughs> um, so that's where my personality type came in. But at the same time, I was taking um, a leap of faith that took me out of my comfort zone um, because I didn't have a long-term plan. Mm-hmm. So uh, through that time, God took me a lo- taught me a lot about um, myself and things that I'm good at and brought new opportunities, uh, new job opportunities to try things that I'd never done before. Um, and I think that is still a work in progress. I'm still figuring out where I'm headed with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely don't regret it. And I think had I let my security seeker personality type totally govern that decision, I probably wouldn't have made that decision because mm-hmm. when when you still have your own student loans and your husband's a full-time student and you, you don't have a steady income for sure lined up, um, that's not something that typically a security seeker would feel comfortable making a decision like that. For sure, <laughs> I would say. So how have you seen your faith grow um, in that year since you quit your job and, um, you know, stepped out of your security seeker box (laughs) a little bit? Uh, How would you say that you've encountered God or Mm -hmm. how your faith has grown Mm -hmm. since then? Um, I think I have learned um, much more personally what it means for God to be my provider. Mm. Uh, and to be our provider, Alex and I, um, I I recognize that um, a lot of a lot of the things that make me feel so secure in my uh, financial situation, um, I have I have come to recognize that <laughs> that is all because God has provided that to me. Um, <laughs> yeah. I I I have worked hard for a lot of things, but I have also been blessed by the gift of gifts of others. Um, and I know that there are many people who don't have that, um, type of security. And so I'm, I'm just very thankful that God has blessed me with that, um, that he is our provider. Um, and I, I have not perfected this, but I have, um, been growing in being able to trust him that he'll provide. Um, there's several examples of, you know, like, we were okay financially and during that time that I wasn't working and we had some backup plans and I was very blessed to know that if we did find any real trouble and late on payments or anything, like very blessed to know that we have family who could help support us. And I recognize that there are many people who don't have that. Um, so I don't take that for granted. Um, that being said, even myself as a security seeker, you know, if you don't have an income, you start to worry and what am I going to do? And it's awkward and embarrassing to ask family for help and, mm-hmm. and this and that. And, and there are some times where you might look at things and th- say, oh, we might not have enough. Or if this happens, we might have to ask for help, which is, you know, readily available, but still hard to ask for. Um, and then God would surprise us with like a random gift from somebody else that we didn't even have to ask for, Mm. um, or like just, I don't know, some unexpected things. Um, and so I, I think that 
for me personally, those moments and that help that we got, um, it humbled me. It helped me know that um, all of this, like, like our work that we do um, is a good thing to do, but we, we have to remember that it is God who provides for us and everything that he gives to us could also be taken away. Um, so yeah, it's definitely, it's made me more thankful. It's made me recognize um, what it's like to get help from other people. Um, and yeah, help, help me to rely on God more his provision for us. I'm very, very thankful for that. So <laughs> <laughs> a, a lesson in gratitude. Yes. Um, and provision that yes. you, you're okay. Not because you have money. You're okay mm-hmm. because you have God. Right. Um, and even if you don't have money, he still finds a way um, to provide. And if we're seeking him, if we're trusting him. Um, and sometimes if you don't get it, then you find the gratitude and knowing that there might have been a reason, right, that you didn't get it, right, um, that you don't know. It, it makes him the ultimate provider, and you know we're quite often tempted to just go fix everything ourselves mm-hmm. um, and make that secure. So kudos to you for um, stretching in your faith, because <laughs> I know for a security seeker, um, that's really hard to do. Yeah. Um, to spend the last year in a big old question mark of what am I doing for me? <laughs> How does this work? Um, and cause you started working here in September of yeah, last year, September, something like that. Yeah. But you left your job in May. So Yes. <laughs> and then you got Well, it was the job. end of June. I left my job. End of June. So July, August, yeah, about almost three months of pure <laughs> unemployment. <laughs> and it's so funny, though. I thought it would be, like, great, and I would have all this free time. I'd get to read. I'd get to do some career <laughs> exploration research, figure out what I wanted to do. I was like, I'm going to journal every day. I'm going to pray every day. And because, um, you know, you tend to think that um, – the reason it's hard for you to pray is because you're so busy. But then when you completely take everything else out, you realize <laughs> it's just hard because you want to do easier. Things. I don't know. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> because you don't want to pray. <laughs> right. Because it's hard and God might show you something about yourself that is uncomfortable. And so it's easier to not do that. Um, right. But That's so, a word you preaching now. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> See, she's discovering even more <laughs> gifts while we're sitting here. <laughs> it just made her so uncomfortable. <laughs> but yes, that is uh, definitely true. Like you want to, you have all these grandiose plans mm-hmm. and then it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> for sure. Yes. Um, well, I gave Kara an assignment last oh, week yeah. um, because, you know, I had her, her results from the assessment and, Um, I know some of the pitfalls of, you know, what it takes to be able to work, function in faith uh, while also managing your money well. So the assignment that I gave Kara last week was to spend the next seven days not looking at your bank account. Because how often did you check your bank account? (laughs) I'm embarrassed. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I would probably check my bank account at least twice a day. (laughs) <laughs> so twice a day every day she checked her bank account and the reasons were um 
So like I said, I am the one in Alex and I's relationship. I do a lot of the like day to day, like sending the payment over for our car or setting up the auto pay for whatever the loans and just different things. So one of the reasons I would check it every day is just, you know, to make sure everything is in order, I guess. I don't want to forget <laughs> anything. Um, and I also like to check it and make sure that I guess it makes me feel good to know that everything <laughs> is the money is in there for all of the auto payments that are going to come out. Um, and as a security seeker, I think I'm always looking for ways to be more secure. And so every time I open the account, I'm like, hmm, could I move this around and then pay off my student loan faster? Or is there any way to get a discount on this? And it's good to be thinking of things like that. But I think I tend to obsess over those things. Mm -hmm. And um, which is like, we we have a plan to tackle the debt. Um, We have our monthly budget set up. And um, I often wish that I could just, you know, let it sit there. But I tend to be like, hmm, is there a better option? Is there a way that I can find some money someplace else? Um, And so I I tend to look at it multiple times and make sure that everything is going okay. But I'm also always like, how can I feel more secure in this? Mm. So yeah, so I mean, you hear right out of her mouth what (laughs) what that is like. So I gave her an assignment to not check her bank account for a week. and how did that go? It went well overall. There were there were a couple things um, that I needed to use the the bank account for, um, like our car insurance. I paid that last week. Um, so when those things came up, I just had my husband log in and take care of it, um, and that went okay. I felt it did feel nice to not be looking at it every day, but it, it was definitely still in, in the back of my mind of. I hope that the money's in there for the car insurance payment to come out, even though I knew that it was because I knew what the balance was before I deleted the <laughs> app off my phone. But I just wanted to look at it again and see that. Number. <laughs> I don't sure. know. This sounds embarrassing. <laughs> no, we all have these issues <laughs> in various capacities. This, this would be the issues of a security seeker. Yes. So, yes. And that's what we're here to talk about today. So that that assignment was basically a fast from what she would normally do to seek security and to trust. So it's a, it's an, a lesson in your trust, not being in your ability to see and control your finances. Mm -hmm. It's moving you towards trusting God even more. So that I like that. (laughs) I didn't think of it as a fast. I don't think that we use that word when we decided to do that. I just, thought it was a break, which is the same as a fast. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But now that you're saying it, of you're saying the word fast, I think that's definitely what it was because in those moments where I worried about it, I was like, you know what, God, you have control over this and I just need to trust you. And it definitely, the absence of that simple act of logging in and checking your account balance, not being able to do that reminded me of why I wasn't. And reminded me of these questions about um, that you gave me about how, how does my money personality affect my faith or influence my faith and vice versa. And so every time I thought about logging in and I couldn't, it kind of drew me back to um, 
what is God teaching me about myself and about himself? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's priceless. As they say, priceless, priceless. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and just a simple act like that can help you redirect yourself Mm. and um, from a faith perspective. And while, you know, it sounds, you know, responsible and good to be on top of your money, it can also become obsessive Mm -hmm. and cause more anxiety than you intended. Like you're doing it to feel more in control. But the more you do it, the more out of control you actually can feel. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like, I mean, that's just the slippery slope of sin in general. Like we do it to feel better or to feel more in control. um, And it ends up doing the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's um, one of the things that I wanted to do is to give scriptures that both affirm and caution each personality type. So the affirmation scripture uh, is going to come from Proverbs 21, verse 5, uh, where it says, The plans of the diligent surely lead to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. Hmm. So that's the affirmation for why. It's very affirming. (laughs) It it makes sense to plan and to take your time because it says that if you make hasty decisions, you Hmm. will probably be poor. (laughs) It leads to poverty. So taking time out to consider your purchases, to research, to do all of the things that are necessary to evaluate an investment, to do uh, what you need to do to make sure that you actually have the money in your Mm -hmm. account. It makes sense to do. And I think the Bible affirms that. And so here's the caution scripture. So I'll have you read Philippians 4 six through seven. Here's the caution against security seeker. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So the anxiety that comes with having to be on top of everything all the time, having to um, control you're spending, having to control how much money comes in can lead to this anxiety. And scripture teaches us constantly to um, not be anxious about these things, Um, but in everything by prayer and supplication, make your request known to God, knowing that God is our good father, Mm -hmm. that he wants to provide, that he wants to take care of us, but he also wants to be first Mm -hmm. in our lives. So sometimes things do happen to us financially Because we need to be reminded that Mm -hmm. he is our peace. He's Mm going to guard our hearts. He's the one that's going to take care of us. And it's not us or our money Mm -hmm. that does that. So Mm -hmm. these are my two scriptures to leave you with. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) The affirmation and the caution. Yes. Um, And scripture is filled with even more of those. Um, Mm -hmm. But this is uh, definitely something that there's a lot of us out there who are security seekers and Um, hopefully this particular episode is affirming and uh, encouraging for you to know that um, there's room in uh, the faith for people who are security seekers and God is not condemning you. um, And he's also not co-signing everything that you do either. So Mm -hmm. it's both. He he is God and there's uh, something to be learned from security seekers. And there's also something 
that security seekers can learn from some of the other personalities. So uh, thank you for listening to us today. Uh, any parting words, Kara? Uh, I don't think so. My only thing is um, my advice for people like me who are security seekers, Shana kind of alluded to it, but just um, remember that God is God and <laughs> you are not, I am not. And hopefully we can have some peace and we can put our security in that in him rather than ourselves. Amen. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again for listening. Be sure to stay tuned for our next episode uh, where we will examine uh, another personality type. I think the next one's going to be savers. So let's see what the savers have to say um, next week. But thank you again for listening. Talk to you next time. God bless.